Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. I thank God I've reached it for myself. Praise God. That is a testimony we thank God for. Thank you, praise band and praise team. We are now going to be blessed with our Advent candle and lighting liturgy by Rufus and Yvonne Sims. Praise God. On this third Sunday of Advent. Good morning. morning. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely, from now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. And holy is his name. Today we remember Mary, innocent and powerful, sacred and scared, worried and waiting, as the Savior of all grows in her womb. She sings boldly when she might be meek. She bears her role in history with the confidence of a warrior. She is the beginning of a mighty revolution as the proud are brought down and the lowly lifted up. On this third Sunday of Advent, we light these candles as a symbol of Mary, Mother of God, bearer of the way.
praise God. Thank you, Yvonne and Rufus. Thank you. Lighting our Advent candles for us this morning. Praise God. At this time, we're going to be blessed with our scripture reading by Kadira Gully. A voice of one calling, in the wilderness prepare the way of, for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level and rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Now while he was serving as priest before God when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and a fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been here, has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great before the Lord, and he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will be and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the father to the children and the disobedience of the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord, a, to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. And Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is advancing in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I was, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you the good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. Praise God, saints. Thank you, Kadira. You did a wonderful job. So, say today is the third Sunday, praise God, of December. And on the third Sunday, our special, oh, I didn't say what time it is, man. My fuck. <laughs> what time is it, my friend? It's offering time. And what do we say? so great to be able to give back to God in the form of our tithes and offerings. So today is the third Sunday of Advent, and on the third Sunday, our special offering goes to support our Rotulu Orphanage. And on this Sunday, we are also asking you to purchase a star. You can purchase a star for a dollar and put your name or a loved one's name, and all those proceeds are an extra additional uh, offering that we send to Rotulu for their Christmas gift from us. So as our ushers come forward, let us bow our heads in prayer. Mm -hmm. 
Gracious and holy God, you are so kind, so merciful, and so generous. And we thank you, Lord, for the many ways that you provide for us every single day. Lord, we never have to worry about how we're going to eat or where we're going to lie our head because you have already provided a way. So we say thank you. We ask your blessing upon these tithes and offerings, Lord Jesus, that you will bless them and multiply and use them for your kingdom and your glory. We thank you and we honor you. In the mighty and holy name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen. As our ushers are collecting our offering for those of you that are joining us online today, we want you to know you can participate in our offering with us, praise God. You can go to uh, online to www.nlac.tv and establish your online giving account. You can use our cash app, put that dollar sign in, the number 2 NLAC, and your offering comes right to us. You can also mail your offering into the church. Our address is 2020 East 79th Street, Cleveland, Ohio, 44103. So thank you again for participating, and saints, we will now be blessed with a selection from our praise team, praise band, and praise choir. Do you hear what I hear? Led by Pastor Antonia.
And that promise, what's that promise? They're going to have a baby. How old did y'all say they were? Old. <laughs> so we're going to explore their story more deeply. But I do want us to take a moment and look at the people of the gospel story. Simeon is 112 years old. Mary and Joseph, how old do you all think they were? Young, right? Teenagers, young. Mary's a teenager. Joseph is just a few years older than her. How old is Jesus in this story? He hasn't even been born. <laughs> he hadn't even been born. And how old did you all say Zechariah and Elizabeth were? Old. <laughs> is anyone in these stories so far, is anyone wealthy? No. Is anyone a king or a queen? No. Does anyone have military might or power? No. So everyone that we are learning about so far are people that none of us would expect God to use. We didn't expect God to use a young teenage Mary. We did not expect God to use Simeon at 112 years old. We also don't expect God to use Zechariah and Elizabeth, and they are old, hallelujah. But why I'm pointing this out and what I want us to see today is that God can use anybody. Tell your neighbor, God can use anybody. Tell your other neighbor, that means you. <laughs> Sometimes we think God can't use us, but tell your neighbor, God can use you. God can and will use his people. What he wants to use his people, amen? Why is this so important? Because I want us to understand and recognize that when God has given us a promise, we don't know which one of us at what time in our lives will be called upon. How many of y'all are retired? Oh, that's a lot. Praise God. I didn't expect so many hands. <laughs> How many of y'all felt like when you retired, you was done? A few of y'all. <laughs> How many of y'all learned real quick that your work just began when you retired. Hallelujah. God never stops using us. Hallelujah. He never stops relying on us to accomplish his promise. So for today, we are learning about joy. Say joy. joy. What is joy? Does anyone know what joy is? Happiness? Is that it? Strength in the Lord. Okay. Peace. Peace. Our strength. Something that can't be taken away. I like that answer. What'd you say? Exuberance. I like that word. Exuberance. So biblical joy is a concept that's actually slightly different from happiness. According to many, many researchers and studies, joy is a deep sense of contentment and satisfaction that comes from knowing and trusting God regardless, say regardless, of external circumstances. See, happiness comes when something good is happening outside of your life. You got that lottery ticket and you 
happy. You got a pay raise. You so happy. Something outside of you happened that made you happy, praise God. But joy, hallelujah, joy comes from the inside. And no matter what is happening on the outside, you can still experience joy. As a matter of fact, you know you are experiencing joy because when your whole life, say whole life, when everything around you is going crazy, you walk around with that joy and that smile on your face and people looking at you like, what you smiling about? Because I got a joy. I know who my maker is, amen? Hallelujah. So we know that joy comes from trusting God regardless, say regardless, of those external circumstances. It is not fleeting. Tell your neighbor, it's not fleeting. It is also not dependent on worldly pleasures, but rather a state of being that is rooted in faith and hope in God's goodness and love. Do you experience joy now? Hallelujah. You know, remember last, not last week, but the week before, when I spoke about the things we were hoping for, and some of the kids shouted out their Christmas gift wish list items. Y'all remember that? What did y'all, what did they ask for? Y'all remember that car, don't y'all? <laughs> some of them wanted a video game, some of them wanted an Oculus, some of them wanted a Tokyo t-shirt, Gail shouted out money, hallelujah. <laughs> we both hoping, right, Gail? We both hoping. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, I was just like them, and I wanted a Barbie dream house. Anybody remember those Barbie dream houses? Oh, I wanted that Barbie dream house. I could not wait to get that Barbie dream house. I asked for it all the way leading up to Christmas. And then I was, you know, so excited that night to get that Barbie dream house. I remember I barely could sleep. I woke up the next morning and I rushed to the living room to see that Barbie dream house. Got to that Barbie dream house, got to the living room, I was looking for the big box. Like, where's the big box? I didn't give up though, y'all. I started opening the little boxes. I was thinking maybe it's something you gotta put together. <laughs> Open all my gifts, no Barbie dream house. I still didn't give up hope yet though. At the time, my parents were divorced, so I said, okay, daddy's still coming. He might bring it with him. He finally came over later on that afternoon, y'all. I'm looking, I see boxes, I'm hoping, I'm hoping. He had a box. It was just about the right size. Took the wrapping paper off, and lo and behold, it was a dollhouse, but it wasn't a Barbie dream house. It was one of those Victorian dollhouses, you know, the collector kind. I kind of looked at it, I was like, hmm. Don't look like Barbie Mattel on that down. <laughs> it was not exactly the gift that I wanted. And so as you would understand, any child, I was disappointed. What did you want when you was a kid that you did not get? A Barbie dream house. <laughs> did anybody want a car? I mean, like, not the real car. <laughs> did you want a bike? A basketball? What did you want that you didn't get? A Schwinn Stingray. A what? A Schwinn Stingray. A Schwinn Stingray. What is that? It's a bike. Okay. 
Red wagon. Oh, you wanted a red wagon. A red wagon. Oh, you bought it when you got grown. No, no. My father bought it for me and my brother. Oh, praise God. You still have it. All the kids play with. But I'm talking about that gift you wanted, but you didn't get. <laughs> what didn't you get? A stereo. A stereo, praise God. Record player for y'all back in the day. <laughs> you wanted a tractor? Okay, Pearly. A rock and sock robots. A rock and sock robots. So all of us at some point experience a disappointment, right? We did not get everything we wanted. How many of us know we will never get everything we want in this life? We will not get everything we want. And our Bible story today is about Zechariah and Elizabeth. They didn't want a car. They didn't want a house. They didn't want money or fame or fortune. Do you know what they wanted? A baby. That's what they wanted. When they were newlyweds, young, just starting out, what they wanted the most was to start a family and to have a baby. Their first year of marriage, they didn't get pregnant. Their second year of marriage, still no little babies. Third year of marriage, did you think they had a baby yet? Nope. Number 10, nope. How many of you all know they probably felt disappointed? They may have even been upset. Do you think that they may have experienced joy? <laughs> Some of us are like, mm, I don't think so. Do you think they felt that deep sense of contentment and satisfaction knowing that they could trust God? Yeah. Maybe. We don't know. You say yes. How many know that Zechariah and Elizabeth probably prayed for their baby? They probably had a lot of conversations about having a baby. How many of you know that when they couldn't have the baby, one or two of them may have thought, I married the wrong person. Maybe I need to go find me a new person to have a baby with. Remember last week when Pastor Antonio spoke about Mary and Joseph and how Joseph had decided to quietly divorce Mary when, she, when he learned that she was pregnant and it wasn't his baby? Isn't it odd? This is one thing that always trips me up about life. That people who are not trying to get pregnant end up pregnant. And the people who are trying to get pregnant don't get pregnant. <laughs> so Mary and Joseph in our story were the people trying not to get pregnant. They were not expecting a baby, and they did have a baby. Zechariah and Elizabeth were the ones actively trying to have a baby all these years. Part of this story shows us we do not control anything, amen? Tell your neighbor, you don't control nothing. God controls life and how we come into this world. We think we're doing something, but reality, we're not. God chooses who, when, and where. So what do we learn about Zechariah and Elizabeth from this story? Zechariah, we learn from when Kadir read the scripture, he was serving as a priest. 
He was a priest. So you think sometimes that you go to church and you're a pastor or you're an elder or a deacon or you're singing that some kind of way God is going to bless you and answer your prayers just because you're in the building. It doesn't happen that way, does it? So Zechariah was a priest. He had been serving. And the Bible says it was his group's time to serve. The priest always chose one priest to offer the incense. And Zechariah was the one that was chosen this particular time. So Zechariah goes into the temple to offer the incense to the Lord. And there was a large crowd outside of the temple praying outside. As Zechariah was inside offering the incense. Now, remember Zechariah, we don't know how he's feeling. We don't know if he's just forgot about his want and his prayer of wanting this baby. What we do see is that Zechariah was faithful in his service to the Lord. He could have said, you know what? You didn't answer my prayer, Lord. I'm not going to be a priest anymore. I'm out of here. But he stayed and continued the work that God had called him to do. He may have been disappointed. He may have let things go. We truly don't know. What we know is he did two things. Tell your neighbor two things. He learned to wait well. Say wait well. And he kept hoping. He learned unconditional love in God. And Zechariah continued to serve God in spite of, say in spite of, his circumstances. So we can confidently say that he did experience joy. He continued to be a priest. He continued to offer incense. He continued to pray. And then that one day, say one day, one day. he's inside the temple. And then an angel of the Lord comes and stands before Zechariah. And when Zechariah sees the angel, Zechariah got a little afraid. Anybody ever seen an angel? I see a hand. <laughs> I think a couple of us have seen angels in our lifetime. We might not have been aware you were in the presence of an angel, but something happened and we were like, what was that? <laughs> Zechariah is standing in the temple and an angel appears to him and the angel says, Zechariah, do not be afraid. Your prayer has been heard by God. Say this with me. Your prayer has been heard by God. Say it again. My prayer has been heard by God. Woo! That's a powerful moment. Zechariah is standing there in front of an angel being told your prayer has been heard by God. Zechariah might have been thinking, which one? Which prayer? I got a, I got a couple, amen? So the angel tells him which prayer. He says, your wife Elizabeth will give birth to a baby boy and you will name him John. He goes on to tell him, you will be very happy. Hallelujah. Sometimes we worry about our prayers being answered. We don't know what kind of effect it might have. But, but the angel tells him, you will be very happy. And many others, say many others, will share in your joy. 
How many times have your, your prayers been answered and the many others around you didn't share your joy? They was jealous of you, amen? You got your prayer answered and they like, well, God didn't answer my prayer. And you'd be like, you better keep praying then. <laughs> Sometimes people don't share in our joy. But John, I mean, Zechariah was being told that when his son John would be born, that many others would share in his joy. And then John, the angel told him that John was going to be a great man for the Lord. Don't you want to know that your children are going to do great things for God? So here he is being told, your son is going to be doing great things for the Lord. So what is it that is happening in this story that's important for us all today? Is that the angel is standing before Zechariah declaring to him, your prayer is going to be answered and you are going to experience great joy. So how do you all think Zechariah responded? In disbelief. If I was to tell you right now, your prayer is going to be answered, how many of you all would believe me? Some of y'all real slow on your belief. <laughs> that one or two whose hands went right up, have faith, your prayer is going to be answered. Amen. <laughs> the angel stood before Zechariah telling him your prayer is going to be answered and Zechariah says, how can I know that what you say is true? I am an old man and my wife is old also. Look at him, y'all. First of all, the, the realization that it was an angel that he was talking to. It wasn't just any old body. He's talking to an angel and he still is doubting. He still is not believing. He's still not trusting. And so the angel tells him, okay, you have some doubt I see. Here you are. I'm here to tell you the good news. That's what the angel tells him. God has sent me to tell you the good news and you don't believe. So now what happens to Zechariah? He loses his speech. He is told you will not be able to talk into the day when these things happen. You will lose your speech because you did not believe what I told you. But everything I said really will happen. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes I tend to doubt too. Even though the Lord has blessed me and shown me many, many times that he answers my prayer. How many of you all have had a prayer answered by God? Praise the Lord. But then you go to your next prayer and you still doubting that God would answer your prayer. Sometimes because of our lack of faith, we lose out. Tell your neighbor, we lose out. Thank God the angel could have told him, you're not going to get nothing, hallelujah. You just, we're going to let it go. I'm going to go find somebody else to be a blessing too. Thank God that Zechariah still received some of his blessing. He still got his blessing, amen. He lost some of his speech, but he still got the blessing. Our doubts can kill us, 
every time. Tell your neighbor, your doubts are going to kill you. Sometimes we doubt that God is even working here at New Life at Calvary. We wonder, we may think, it's just a group of black people, poor people, some, some other white people sprinkled in. They just, you know, pelting along. There's a bunch of old people, some young people. You know, they got two female pastors over there. We don't know how they function. They building all broke down old church. They don't have enough money. They don't have enough young people. How can God possibly use New Life at Calvary? Come on, y'all. Y'all know we don't heard some of them things. We know some of us have said some of those things. But what you say? God can use us any way he want to use us, right? But we still doubt. Even as we have seen God accomplish many miracles in our lives, we still without. There's a poem by a woman called Marianne Williamson that I love. And, it's, and some of you all probably have heard this. It may be one of your favorite poems. It says, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant? Are you brilliant? See, y'all doubting. Y'all too slow. I say, you are you brilliant? Who am I to be brilliant? Gorgeous. Are you gorgeous? Hallelujah. Who am I to be talented? Are you talented? Who am I to be fabulous? Are you fabulous? Actually, this poem says, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small doesn't serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine. Tell your neighbor, you meant to shine. As children do. We are children of God. That means we are brilliant. We are gorgeous. We are talented. We are fabulous. We are worthy. We are deserving. And God can use all of us. Say all of us. See, that's a joy. And Satan cannot steal our joy. Hallelujah. If God can use Mary, he can use us. If God can use Joseph, he can use us. If God can use old Simeon, he can use all of us. If God can use old Zechariah and old Elizabeth, he can use us. Hallelujah. If God can use the judges, the prophets, the disciples, the apostles, the people in the Bible, God can use us. Think about the people in the Bible. You are represented in the Bible. He used kings and queens. He used men and women. He used all nations. He used people with disabilities. He used people that were rich, people that were poor. He used young and old. God used people that trusted him, that believed in him, and found their joy in him. You see, God doesn't use everybody. 
If you if you keep hating and, and doubting him and, and not believing him, he's not going to use you. But if you come forward and say, Lord, I trust in you. I believe in you. He's going to use you for his plan and his purpose. But our doubts can sometimes slow us down and hinder us. Our doubts can discourage us and stop us. But tell your neighbor, nothing can stop Jesus. Nothing. Zechariah had that moment of doubt, my friends, but he did not lose his favor and he did not lose his blessing. The angel told him, you will not be able to speak. And he walked out of that temple. Let me tell you something. Sometimes we all need to be quiet. Tell your neighbor, you need to be quiet sometime. Tell your neighbor, I hate to tell you too, but you need to be quiet too. I don't know how he did it. But Zechariah walked out of that temple when he could not speak. And some kind of way that man figured out, oh, this was a good husband, ladies. Look at this. This husband figured out how to romance his wife. He figured out how to take her on a date on a date night. He figured out how to rope wine and dine her and get her to that bedroom. Hallelujah. And he didn't say a word. Think about it. Think about it. Sometimes we just need to be quiet. <laughs> Stop talking and start working. I don't know what kind of shiny trick Zechariah had, but he was doing something. You know, sometimes we talk about marriage in a bad way, and we think that when you've been married 20, 30, 40, 50 years, the romance is gone. Tell your neighbor, it ain't gone. It ain't gone. Especially your husband stopped talking and start doing. Hallelujah. <laughs> I don't know what he did, but some kind of way, Zechariah, without saying one word, he got his wife pregnant. Hallelujah. He ain't say a word. <laughs> I like this story a whole lot, y'all. <laughs> I'm telling Terrence, just stop talking. Just stop talking, Terrence. <laughs> A lot of things can happen when you just be quiet, hallelujah. But that's true for all of us in all of our relationships. In all of our relationships, sometimes we talk too much and our talking gets in the way. And all we got to do is start showing people how much we love them and how much we care about them. You see, Zechariah stopped talking. That means he stopped complaining. He stopped doubting. He stopped naysaying. And he started loving on his wife. He started taking care of his wife and showing her all that he was able to do for them. And from that, say from that, they received their son. And I just want to point out one more thing to you all because I got to stop talking. I, I have really enjoyed preaching this sermon. <laughs> Zechariah lost his voice. and He was not able to speak until his son was born. And for him to lose his voice and his son to become the one, the voice, calling in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord. Hallelujah. Sometimes we don't get things right as parents. We don't get things right as, as husbands and wives. We don't get things right as, as people, amen. But the Lord will still make a way out of no way. Hallelujah. And that's what he did for Zechariah. He made a way out of no way. And he gave Zechariah's son a voice 
that would be one calling in the wilderness. Saints, come back next week. It's Christmas Eve. Tell your neighbor it's Christmas Eve next week. Come back next week so we can celebrate the birth of our Savior. Let us pray. Gracious and holy God, we just thank you so much for choosing us, Lord. No, we don't deserve it. No, we don't have the right look sometimes. We don't have the, the right height, the right weight. We don't have the right income, Lord Jesus. Everything about us sometimes says that we are not good enough, Lord. But we thank you, Lord, that you look at each and every one of us and declare that we are good. You look at each and every one of us and say, you are brilliant, you are gorgeous, you are talented, and you are fabulous. And we thank you, Lord, for designing us and, and, and creating us to be your children. So help us, Holy Spirit, to have a joy this holiday season, a joy that no one can steal from us or take away. And we thank you and we honor you. In the mighty and holy name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said... Amen and amen. Say she may rise at this time if you like. We're going to sing the song, Open the Eyes of My Heart, because we want to see Jesus. And at this time, the doors of the church are open. If you'd like to come up for prayer, myself, Pastor Antonia, the lay pastors, or some elders will come up to pray with and for you, or we can come to you as well.
or if you just want to donate anything toward helping him through through these three months, we truly would appreciate your help. The John Perez scholarships are due today. Yes? Yes. Yes. Thank you, Ruth. So please turn in all of your application material today. And the last Sunday of uh, December is John Barrera's Sunday. Next Sunday is Christmas Eve, praise God. We will have service at 10 o'clock. Pastor Antonia is looking for people to be a part of the bell choir. You can stay and rehearse today. And then I believe the Christmas choir is practicing this Saturday at 12 noon here at the church. Pastor Antonia is taking the young people out caroling tomorrow, praise God. At 6 o'clock, they're going to Jennings Nursing Home. So please make sure the young people can go and be a part of that. I want to make sure everybody knows we still are having some Bible study classes this week. The youth are not meeting on Monday, but Marvin Rogers and Andrea Billups' class is meeting. Uh, Sylvia's class is off. Pastor Antonia's class is on. Uh, Pastor Toby's class is on. Reginald Woods' class is on. And the Tuesday Read Through the Bible class is on. So just uh, make sure you touch base with your teachers if you are not sure. Uh, today is Advent cookies and cocoa and some other snacks over there. Come on up, Pastor Antonia. She know I'm going to get it wrong. <laughs> okay, so today's Advent Sunday. So we got some things going on. If you're a deacon or um, a Christianaire, raise your hand. So these are going to be your helpers for today. So we're going to have a hot cocoa station. We got a cookie station. Mr. Hendricks, raise your hand. Uh, Unique, raise your hand. And then also some of the deacons, I would like for everybody, if you could, if you have legible handwriting, take one card. Everybody say, take one card. Take one card. Not the same card. Everybody get a different card and write a nice holiday message. God bless you. We love you. We're praying for you. Something along the lines of that. Don't put a name on it. We're going to put a name on it. Somebody from sick and shut in or somebody from the prison ministry. Okay? Questions about that? If you have an angel tree gift, I need the red tag that you got with it. If you have a gift here today, bring it up to the front. Um, if you have a red tag, it's just whatever the red tag says, I need that with the red tag. And then um, Miss Thomas has an announcement tomorrow night. Miss Thomas, raise your hand. She got two tickets to the Cavs game, Monday night. So if you want to see it, um, Go ahead and speak to her. If the spirit moves me, I may invite you into the club. All right. She got the club seats, y'all. <laughs> all right. Praise God. We do want to say welcome again to all of our guests. If you're a first-time guest, can you wave your hand for us? We do want to welcome you. Praise God. Give you all a new life. Welcome. Thank you for being here. I do want to recognize, I know LaVita Ewing is here, and LaVita is part of the African-American Cultural Gardens, you all. And they have been doing a mighty work. Who have seen the cultural gardens? Y'all know along East Boulevard. And you know how each group has their own area. Well, they have been fundraising for years trying to complete that beautiful monument for us. That's for us, amen? And I remember LaVita told me if every black person, I believe, is it in Cuyahoga County or in Ohio, if every one of us would just give like $10 or something like that, you all will have all the money you needed, right? And so consider that as, a, as a, a way to support our community and think about the African-American cultural gardens because we want to be proud of our monument, don't we, amen? 
It's beautiful gardens. So I think, is there any other announcements? Any? Yes, ma'am. Uh, the some of us will be singing at the um, Bridge City Christmas Eve oh, service yes. at 4 o'clock on next Sunday afternoon. Right. Bridge City has made an opening for us, and they have a 4 o'clock uh, service next Sunday. Christmas Eve service. So please feel free to come here at 10 and then go over there. Are they serving food next Sunday or not? Yes, yes praise God. So you can eat too. <laughs> Is that it? All right. So we're going to rise for the benediction. Thank you again for joining us. Gracious and holy, holy, holy God. As we depart from this place, Lord Jesus, but never from your sight, gracious and holy God, help us to take with us all the fruit of your Advent season, your love, your joy, your peace, your patience, your goodness, your gentleness, your faithfulness, and your self-control. Help us, Lord, to wait expectantly on our Savior. You have promised us that you're coming back and help us to live our lives like we know it. We thank you and we honor you. In the mighty and holy name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Turn and tell your neighbor, neighbor, I'm mighty glad you came to church today.